FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. We are literally in history, is in the making, and we just did a podcast. First up, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires from the Dirt E-Bike Show. It's Brian Ratcliffe. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, good to be here. Yeah, man, glad to have you on. Uh, You reached out to me, and um, I was stoked to have you on, man. I've listened to your show a few times, and I I really enjoy it. You're big into e-biking, and we're going to talk about that when we get to the McGrath stuff. But I uh, also want to introduce my producer, DJ TJ, brought to you by Guts Racing. What's up, TJ? The one and only me. One and only me. what? Idiot? It was fair Loser. enough. Whatever it is, it's They're, one and only. Okay. Well, hey, we're here to discuss episode 420 with the Seven Deuce Deuce and the Seven Deuce Trace in studio. Lots of guests on the phone that were fantastic, including Dave Prater, Mike Mui. hope I said that right. Brian Deegan calls in. Zach Osborne. The King, Jerry McGrath, Alex Ray, Chris Kiefer, Jim Holly, star-studded show this week. Um, Brian, man, uh, what'd you think of it overall? I thought it was a really interesting show. First off, it was show number four twenty, so I'm super <laughs> okay. stoked to be here on the review for that. Yeah, yeah, you're know, you're up in Colorado where that's CBD. that's all legal. I, I don't know, I don't know, but what an interesting, unique show. First off, having Dave Prater on there usually. 
Before Supercross, he would never want to come on. During Supercross, he would never really want to come on. And after, he'd be too tired. So we had this special <laughs> chance to kind of see a little bit into how things work and what they do. And then obviously having MC come on, Zacho, everybody else. I thought it was a really solid show and pretty crazy that he let it run for five and a half hours again on, you know, considering there's not a ton of racing content. Yeah, I agree. He can always find, you know, even on the off season, the pulp show goes strong. You know, when, when he does a show, it's strong. TJ, uh, Steve seems to be able to always get guests and, and topics, you know, interesting topics, but having Prater and, uh, Mui, I'm saying, I know I'm saying that wrong. Let me, uh, is it Moody? Moody? No, it's Mui. 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 Yeah. Mike Mui. Sorry. Mui. Mike Mui. Having them on, uh, TJ, in this time, you know, they, they were doing the rounds yesterday and all the big media outlets, but, uh, you know, they were, they were good. It was a good show. Yeah, it really was. Those guys, they were very honest, straightforward about what they did and didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was refreshing. Instead of them just saying, we don't know, we're like, they were more like, this is what we want to do. That's what we're trying to do. But yeah. then we don't know. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like a, I guess they gave good answers, so... I will say, Ken, I would like to interject something. Steve missed out on oh. the, we're, we're talking about the show. Sure. Yeah, that's what we're here for. This would be the perfect episode to have had, like, Hanny on or having um, uh, Stank. Stank Dog. I mean, well, how do you miss dog. that? How do you miss that? I mean, well, he didn't miss that. He they, they joked about that, I think, on 19, possibly. And people were on social media and Facebook saying that. But I don't think Steve cares. I'm about just that. saying, it, it, it would have got. Even more people interested going, oh my God, you've got guys that actually smoke weed on the show. You think that would make more people listen, TJ? That's yeah. Man, I, I don't think Steve's really into that. No, but, mm, you just know, saying. He he is sponsored by Alias CBD on another one of his shows. So, yes. uh, CBD. Anyways, but, but yeah, having um, you and them guys on there was yeah, really cool. I, like you said, they were real honest. Um, and we know a couple of the fail guys, and they've been open with us about things. Yeah, so. yeah, and they were saying that you know they 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 kept. That Steve asked him about doing double headers and what what the possibilities are, and they they really kind of want to shy away from that. I thought that was interesting because, in my opinion, from the things I've heard, um, Brian, it, it really seemed like that was a high possibility, and it still may be. But they said they were really shying away from that, and they actually plan on getting all seven in. Yeah, I'm impressed with that, and I mean that's the goal you have to have, right? You have all these responsibilities with your sponsors. Steve's always talking about that, so. I mean, they're going to shoot for it, and they're going to try as hard as they can to get all seven in, and then we'll just kind of see how it stacks up. <laughs> yeah, I. But I, it was it good. Like TJ said, good having those guys in. They made their rounds, but a lot of good points, a lot of stuff that we as fans have been waiting to hear about. Uh, you know, and Steve was one of the first guys, and probably one of the biggest outlets to get them on. Um, so talking about hearing them give their ideas of what they want to do. They discussed working with Davey and MX Sports and. You know, MX Sports is trying to, you know, move things back to accommodate. So um, I thought it was really just a good good interview full of information, although none of it's concrete. We at least know what they're shooting for. Um, but but uh, Brian, so obviously having the guys on from Feld on, right, the, uh, the director of Supercross and the director of um, – whatever marketing, I guess. marketing. Yeah. yeah. The director of marketing on Steve had to, you know, kind of say, Hey, what about the nets? It was perfect. It was the <laughs> perfect opportunity. Steve has them. He's, he's holding, you know, their reputation as they're online and, and working with them. And then he gets to bring up the nets, which I'm sure 
it was kind of surprising they didn't really say thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think they should. I mean, obviously, I've enjoyed the bowl turns coming back. I think that's made for better racing, and it's been pretty entertaining when the Nets save somebody too. Yeah, and I like the fact that Steve kind of called him out, and said, "Hey, you know, I told you about this a couple of years ago, and he's and you didn't you didn't think it would work to Prater, and Prater was like, well, he had the the." Uh, an example of when Chad Reed went over a berm and he wouldn't have been able to continue or whatever. But I think overall, Prater knows, you know, I think he, he didn't really give Steve the credit he should have. And Steve brought up the tough block idea. You know, he's he's fishing, trying to get more things to go down. I know. And then Prater was talking about, <laughs> oh, we've got our ideas with the slanted thing. Which yeah. Is, you know, obviously it's already being used in the GPs. And yeah, yeah. But it was, it was interesting that way. And, uh, you know, uh, if I were them, I, I would throw a little credit Steve's way. But hey, you know we're we're the dudes listening to Steve's podcast all the time. I'm a super fan of the Pulp Mech show, so uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Well, I'm but sure Prater is was, also. Yeah, you, you know, where else? You, you, everybody listens to Pulp and TJ during the discussion with those guys of the double headers or afterwards. You know, Adam was kind of like, "Hey, Adam Entenap was man." I don't know that I'd really want to do that, really, unless it was a day race, and I'd be okay with it. Steve had to say, "Look, man." You could do it. RJ did it. McGrath did it. Uh, you know, if you can get your seven races in, TJ, if it's a doubleheader, you, you got to do it. But yeah, these Adam guys, was kind of like, eh. These guys get paid to do this. So, right. Adam, but at, and, and so Adam wants the best opportunity. I think what he was trying to point out was maybe some of the pro teams is easier, but as a privateer, which he, I mean, he's on a team, but like he still lives life like a privateer and is close to a lot of them. That would be hard to do for some of those guys, you know. For getting their bikes ready the next day, yep. But it was it was kind of funny. Um, Brian, what do you think overall of having Adam and Tyler Entenap in studio? Um, I was watching on Facebook and YouTube. I was flipping back and forth as I had uh, connection issues, and there was a lot of people online that were kind of giving them shit about wearing the glasses in studio, and you know, a lot of yeah knows, yeah knows that kind of stuff that's typical with the moto industry. It seems like, but I thought they. I really think they did a good job and, you know, held their own as far as co-hosts. Yeah, I think they did. You know, it's, you're walking a fine line there. You're trying to interject and bring your personality, but you're also like, say you have MC on the phone. I'm sure Adam's a little bit, you know, he's talking to MC and he probably doesn't talk to MC all the time. And so wanting to not like mess that up at all, I'm sure he's a little hesitant, but uh, overall it was really good and I enjoyed a lot of the input they put in in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's, uh, TJ, so one of the hot topics of episode 420 is a hot topic all around the world right now. It's sweeping the nation. Tiger King. Tiger King. Um, yeah, so. Tiger King and the smell of wet desert. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. I have that quote wrote down. But uh, Tiger King was a, man, they've already, Steve and JT and I think Weeds already did like a little short podcast earlier in the week and they brought it up. They're discussing doing a whole podcast about Tiger King. I mean, Tiger King is all over the internet. The memes, uh, the jokes about Carol Baskins, Joe Exotic. Um, did you like the discussion of, you know, it's... It you know, made it, me it, like, want Gringo, more. You know, Gringo's going to say, I want to hear the motocross stuff. No. But it was good, right? I mean, it was, good. It was entertaining. It was very entertaining. And I, my wife and I started watching it before we had ever heard about it. We kind of came across it like most people probably do on accident. And Steve and them covered it great. And I can't wait to hear the official 
Tiger King podcast. Like I'm, yeah. I'm looking at my so, feed every so day. So they need to do that. Yes, for I sure. Agree. For sure. I agree. For sure. Um, all right. So, so you I think they're really going to do another Tiger King podcast? Because it feels like with you know Weege and JT, they kind of really did it. See, I didn't hear that one, so I need to go back. Yeah, but, I think they want to go in more detail with another one. And I think it would be really cool. <laughs> Steve to, said he had to watch it again. Yeah, to to go through, do a more in depth one, and then plug in like four or five other riders who are friends of the show to give in little parts, little their little their little deal, so they can like, make a oh, couple like hours. Oh, one per episode. Yeah, I don't know about that. That'd be a lot, but... You know, well, they could cover each episode in oh, 15 yes. minutes or something and have yes. a, a... You know what I'm saying? That'd be really good. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask both of you this question that was brought up during this. TJ first. Who's a better person, Carol Baskin or Joe Exotic? Steve uh, couldn't really answer. Uh, I don't think we got a definitive answer from anybody. A better person. Yeah, as a human being. So we were asking our, my opinion. Yeah, your opinion. I, I'm allowed to get my opinion? Uh, yes. Yeah, Carol Baskin is a terrible person, and so I got to give it to Joe. I mean, I'm not saying either one of them are good, but Joe's better than Carol. Okay, what about you, Brian? Oof. Because uh, according to uh, Seven Deuce Deuce, Carol is low-key nutty. She's not quite as nutty. She's low-key. Oh, she seems psycho, for yes. sure. You see it kind of in her eyes. I yeah. haven't but finished yet. Joe is outwardly psycho. Yeah. He, he seems like he's crazy inside, too. You know, I, I always go back to one of the very first scenes where the guy goes, you know, I've known quite a few Tiger people, and they're all pieces of shit. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like Perfect. All pretty bad. Yeah. Well... And we also got an amazing drop from Travis when we were, when they were discussing Joe's husbands. You never suck a dick for an eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> Who are not gay, but uh, we're gonna just severely yeah. confused. All right, moving on. Um, all right, so the highlight of the night for me, and I'd have to assume for most fans, the King Jeremy McGrath. One of the absolute MVP. greatest interviews. Ever, always, he's just the greatest dude. Steve did a great job. Um, Seven Deuce Deuce, Seven Deuce Drace told their stories. Brian, of uh, their their feelings on McGrath. What, what was your highlight for the McGrath interview? Oh, my highlight was when, uh, I think it was Tyler was talking about, when he saw Sebastian Tortelli beat McGrath when McGrath was on the Yamaha. And he went home and he cried. And he asked his dad <laughs> what happened. And his dad was like, I don't know. And then MC's like, yeah. I cried that night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, TJ, we, we've had a chance to interview McGrath, one of the best human beings, seems like anyway. Um, next, you know, I, I really, what I like was him talking to Adam. Adam asked him, you know, what do you need to do to get to that next level? Like he talked about, Adam talked about, I'm 16th, 17th, what do I need to do? And McGrath really was pretty, his answer was basically, you guys now today are another level. Like it's a different um, landscape than when I was racing. He he said a, a, a big gain for me, McGrath, would have been probably a small gain for guys like you. I found that really interesting. That he really you know was, he's not like you know Reed, who's like oh no we were we were way faster, we were way better or whatever. You yeah, know, like I felt like yeah, I thought I thought McGrath was pretty humble in that, and I liked his outlook on what he was telling Tyler or Adam. I think that's why everybody looks forward to the interviews from him because he, yeah, that's, that's the kind of guy he is. I didn't know that whenever he was back in the day, the King, yeah. for some reason I didn't like him. And, but interviews like that and him having him on, it definitely takes the people who didn't like him, like how I was and resets it to building more fan base for his brand. 
I would find it almost impossible for somebody to not like McGrath now. When he's now. winning all the time, when anybody is winning all the time, you kind of go, you get sick of it. So you sort right. of, maybe some people kind of like, oh, I don't like that guy. But as a person, what we see out of McGrath, well, you hear we Steve hear on talk about, Yeah, you hear Steve talk about how much, how great he was, great he was. But my memory from back then was that dude was like an arrogant prick. Mm. But I hear him now and... Not my opinion, but for here now, and it doesn't seem that way. No, you know, no, not so. at all. So I, I'll give him credit for that. Fantastic interview, obviously. Uh, Skip Norfolk, I think, texted Steve and, and mm-hmm. called him out on the Rochester <laughs> flying to the wrong city. That was really good stuff. Um, and Brian, you're, you're a big e-bike guy. You have an e-bike podcast. They, you know, Steve obviously yeah. is a huge e-bike guy, and he uh, he and McGrath kind of shared a little bit of that discussion, a lot of a little bit of e-bike talk with that interview. Yeah, that was really cool to hear. You know, um, <clears throat> so did Jeremy just go through a full knee reconstruction replacement? Do you guys remember exactly what he went through? Uh, yeah, I think it, it was reconstruction. Like reconstruction, yeah. I, I have so. a family member that kind of went through a replacement, and that's super tough. But it's really cool to hear that he's, I'm sure, probably using the e-bike as part of his rehab. And he's sponsored by Specialized, obviously. So he's got the Levo, and then he's got the new SL, which sounds really neat. A little bit lighter, you know, you can throw it around in the air a little more, and you can actually stack a battery into it, which seems really fun. Yeah, didn't I he say... I to hear them talking about you, but Didn't he say something about, like, there's a speaker or something that is adds a battery or something? Is, is that what I heard? So here's the deal. So you have your main battery, which is inside the down tube, and it's about half the size of a normal battery. And then you have a battery that is will fit in where the water bottle holder That's goes. what it was, water <clears> bottle, yeah, yeah. And you can take it out, put it back in. You could go ride for a couple hours, come back to your car, throw it in, ride for a few hours more. So pretty neat that way. Yeah, I, I have to admit, and TJ, <clears throat> like over here, like he doesn't care. But I, after hearing Steve talk about it for the last whatever year, I, I would love to have one because every time I get on my mountain bike, man, I'm wore out pretty fast. And I think having I that little extra help. The problem with e-bikes is the same problem with mountain bikes. They have pedals and not a throttle. And that's the problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, they have ones with a throttle. Oh, but, no. Uh, I, yeah, you probably can't take them on your local trip. Right, yeah. right. Well, I don't know. He's got me motivated to look into getting one, but they're they're a little pricey. Um, I'm excited. What I really like is that they make going up fun. Because, you know, on a motorcycle, going up stuff's most of the fun. And it's it? the same way on an e-bike. And you can ride all these technical trails, and you can still utilize your cranks and doing half-pedal marks and all that stuff super fun yeah well i'm gonna have to look into that um i once again though i want to thank guts racing michelin bicycle tires and motorsport.com for coming on board um and i want to point out we're going to talk about jt a little bit um fly racing obviously is a huge sponsor of pulp mx most of it most of the things that pulp does um jt mentioned that for the month of april you get a 10 percent off discount at all retailers that carry fly racing and every customer that buys a helmet gets a free pair of goggles. Or if you buy pants and jersey, you get a free pair of gloves. If you buy a set of boots, you get a free pair of socks. And all you have to do is buy the stuff, take a picture of your receipt, DM it to at USA on Instagram, uh, at the, the proof of purchase. Uh, send a picture of that, and they'll send you, they'll direct ship you your free gift. Pretty cool. Um, JT, I mean, like everybody loves free stuff. First of all, you get a 10% discount, and then you get something free that, and that's fly racing. That sounds awesome. I think it's actually a bad thing. Why? Because it shows how bad sales are right Your now. Opinions. No, but no, seriously. That's, this is why Steve doesn't want opinions. No, yeah. no, but seriously, if you look at it, how. 
a company doesn't give away free things if things are going like really gangbusters great. They're doing they're doing this because they're trying to generate more revenue, which I mean, the whole economy is this way. Anyways, you'll get me into the whole economy yeah, problems we're having now. What do you think there, Brian? All right. I, I think it's a smart move. You know, I'm a retailer as well. I make glass art. And right now I'm trying to push products, push things that I make because people are going to have money for these first couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden they're <laughs> going to have less money. So I think it's very smart of Fly Racing to go out there, put out those promos when people are riding, especially right now, people are riding. And uh, get that money now because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so we've been hearing about this uh, Western battle between Kiefer and Steve that's supposed to happen. We didn't think it was going to happen. Well, it finally happened. He built it up most of the show. Uh, Alex Ray showed up. Obviously, he came out and was part of it, too. So the new deal was fastest lap. Uh, Kiefer had to stay within two seconds of Alex Ray, and Steve had to stay within 12 seconds of Chris Kiefer. We still don't really know if it happened. There gonna be, there's going to be a video coming soon, apparently, just like the Pro Circuit shop clean video. But, like um, the test of the... the oh, that's not... The Star Yamaha <laughs> thing's not going to happen. But we don't really know who won. But the buildup was great. Uh, all throughout the night, Steve asked everybody if they thought either of these things could happen. There were multiple different opinions um, but then Alex Ray and Chris Kiefer came on to discuss this whole situation, TJ, and thus follows a fantastic, I don't think I used that right, but yeah, then follows a, a fantastic conversation about the, the track at Western, um, Kiefer not knowing where to turn because there was no dishwasher, the, the, the stack of rocks. Yes. Western <laughs> smell like the wet desert, uh, Discussion of A Ray TJ. Well, yeah, and they ahead. did not. I mean, they they, they kind of greased over in a little bit how much they all weeded themselves out there. But they spent a whole <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, that was right at the end. Yeah, but they spent a whole show ragging on Dark Side for wrecking a bike once. And these guys are all weeding themselves. So I'm well, just they, even when Bradshaw was on and talking about my crash, he's like, "I've done that before," and they just glossed over. Yeah, they just gloss over. Yeah, it. and then exactly. Steve crashes and they gloss over it. Yeah, it's, they all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's not that's not neither here nor there, man. But what about hey, dark side don't worry you know good or bad dark side they're talking about you there you go yeah yeah you know <laughs> any press is good press as they say um yeah. but the the best part tj to me was them discussing a ray and steve says he looks like a monkey hanging off the side of a sidecar yes and then everybody was like no big deal that's how he looks all the time <laughs> yeah. and then he's like no i don't and then he's like okay maybe i do yeah, first lap out the warm-up lap brian he uh he's all he's like you know, hooking a left, and he's supposed to be going right, or I don't. I mean, it just yeah. sounds like uh, apparently it's flying from one side of the track to yeah. the other. I think he's Alex, just gonna send it Ray. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's the new Larry Insider. Of, how fantastic of would it have been there to watch that? I think uh, Travis, Travis was the one of the few lucky ones, and I think Savage might have been there. Yeah, and uh, one of Kiefer's buddies. There's a couple other people there probably, but. Um, what do you think, man? Uh, just real quick, uh, I know this is opinions, Brian. Uh, yeah. Does Key does Steve stay within the twelve seconds of Kiefer? That's really the only one I'm worried about. Oof, twelve seconds. So this is on one single lap. Yeah, one lap. And I saw this track. It's not that it, technical. Is it like the fastest lap they've done? Yeah, I think so. They're I, each, I'm each of their guess, fastest laps. Uh, it's hard to say because you know you you remember Kiefer right at the end. He's like, oh, you know, Steve's riding good. So either he's saying Steve's riding good. To help Steve's ego, to keep him riding, if he did beat him, or he's saying Steve's riding good because he did beat him. 
<laughs> okay, hey, that's a, hard to judge. That, that brings point. up an interesting thought. That just when you said that, I thought, I wonder if Kiefer would back it down to keep Steve motivated. <laughs> but anyway, I don't think so. Every, you know, we're all racers. Yeah. We want to win. But Steve hauls the mail. I'm look, sure. I saw some of the video where they were riding side by side. I think it was on Steve's Instagram, and like Steve's fast. You know, he's. He's losing a lot of weight. He's still got some weight to lose. I know that he wants to do, but the guy is still fast. He's got skills. I say he stays within you know, 12 on that track. I think, like, on a normal – I want to say he does, but, man, it sounded like Kiefer was hauling. He's revving it out in the That's air. True. He's pulling his Justin Barsha every move he can. Sounds like he was really pushing it. So Right. Oh, yeah, and then Kiefer, TJ, says, I was trying to blow the berms out, so you guys didn't have – Lines. Yeah, exactly. And then, and, and then Steve was trying to follow his line, yeah, and it like, was making mistakes. Ooh, is, this line, is this line faster? <laughs> yeah, that sounds so like you know, just like us as our buddies. You, you you can get in their minds. And again, this is like you know, every week, right? We do this. I do the show, and I'm like, oh, this is why I love Pulp. But that's real shit right there. That's real buddies talking shit, having a blast, loving to ride dirt bikes. And Steve brings it to the forefront on the Pulp MX show. Uh, and it's yeah. yeah, it's God, it's so good. It's a really cool combo because not only is it real buddies, but these are like industry insiders. So we're yeah. seeing dudes that ride bikes, but they're like working in the supercross. They're working in motocross, and they're covering all the races and everything. So it's it's that combination of the two that makes it extra special. I Agreed. Think. And TJ, at the end of that interview, Adam said, "You know, we should do this as a three race series." and that's they, a lot of views. They, they, they were talking about getting views you know, for the video and all this different stuff. I don't, but just overall, I mean, is do you think a three race series between these guys would be big on Pulp Nation? For sure, it would be big. But uh, and At I Glen think, Helen in the desert and Western. Oh, like three different. That was what he said. That's because Steve said Glen Helen has to be one, and then I think I think Kiefer said one's got to be. High, I, high did, I guess I did. I missed that part, but yeah, that would be awesome. I think it'd be great, and I think the fact that Steve is like, yeah, nobody wants to see it is I can't tell if that was him playing the part of like like that or if he actually feels like he that. knows his fans would want to see it. Yeah. So yeah. I hope they do. I hope oh, we're all looking forward to it. I mean, they didn't say who was who won or who was faster, so they're waiting right. obviously to release that in the video. Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I I like that Steve always says like nobody nobody can beat me at Western. Nobody can beat me at Western. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Um all right, so, uh, Brian, you mentioned just a comment that was brought up about Weeds not liking dogs. You thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, and Weeds, Weeds makes a big deal out of it, man, when he comes to Steve's house with Rocky and the, you know, they used to have multiple dogs, and um, everybody seems that's so strange that Weeds doesn't like dogs, but I'll be honest, I, I told Pookie this on a show that I'm not a... Yeah, by the way, Pookie, there's going to be a Hello Pookie at the end of this, so guys, stay tuned. Uh, the topic Pookie. the topic was the first time Steve and Pookie hooked up, and she she opened Whoa. up. Whoa. So that will be Whoa. at the end of this. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah was a, that was a listener question, and she uh, answered, and I actually had to go back and revisit it because I knew I dropped the ball on asking some questions. So she was really cool about it. But anyway, um did she say did she say whether Steve was within twelve seconds of <laughs> No. No, I dropped the ball there, obviously. But um yeah, weeds not liking dogs, puppies, blue, the seven deuce deuce, seven deuce trace away. I don't think that's that uncommon though. Uh see, I love dogs and I love all the dogs I've had. A few other people's dogs I don't like so much. There you, you know, go. It's okay. just like kids. Right. You raise them right. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. Occasionally, you, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, 
Just, I could just see Weege and the whole money part. <laughs> and the feed it every day. Yeah. Just too expensive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, all right. Couple Maybe more... if he could uh, have a cat that ate outside or something, he'd be more into it. <laughs> Couple more topics I want to talk uh, touch on real quick. Uh, Zach Osborne was one of the guests. TJ, I found it real interesting that Baker's Factory is not writing right now. That's right? something that, that Zach talked about. S- yeah. Not probably a, a fairly smart idea, TJ. But um, I, I think that's interesting, and he, you know, again, pretty open about what they're doing. Yeah, it was really surprised that they wouldn't do that with all you hear about how hard they work and all that kind of stuff. I can understand, hey, we're not going to do this and that, but straight up not training and not or not riding, that's well, a bold move, Cotton. But the, the reasoning with the hospitals, <laughs> you know, not being able to go to the hospitals right now or them not wanting to take people for frivolous type injuries, that that's kind of smart. He's not taking up beds. Or I, I get it, but go hit a turn track. I, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just weird. Those guys ride for a living. Maybe they yeah. don't need it. Maybe, maybe the rest will be good for them. Okay. I think maybe it will. You know, uh, Zacho had a good point that, you know, they have a limited amount of engines, limited amount of rebuilds and things like that that they can do. And also, like, this is now their off season. When they go back to racing, hopefully when they go back to racing, it's going to be full on all the way through, and then there really isn't going to be much of an off season before we start racing again. Well, it's looking so. that way. Well, first off, you know, we're not allowed to give our opinions, but that's a really good opinion, and I actually <laughs> glad you said that because I, I did. I didn't even think of that. I mean, this seriously is technically their off season. It's wow, probably going to be if things go the way we hope they're going to go. Then yes, God, this winter is going to be yeah. awesome. But uh, Sorry. Brian, how about Zach? Uh, I guess he's becoming a green thumb gardener. Yeah, you know, he had to bring the gardening to the 420 special. Uh, it was pretty funny. I mean, I personally, uh, I'm stoked that I already had something set up. So, yeah, I've been doing well, the same thing. And I think a lot of other people, too. I think I saw Ken Roxon on his Instagram was out tilling the yard. And then he did his little Z50 special riding around his house, which was so funny with Weege announcing it. Yeah. If you guys have seen that. Well, it was great because Steve always gives him a hard time, very much like Weege, for being cheap. Even though you know he's a millionaire, Steve says, but he's like, yeah, I didn't spend that much money. You know, I just barely spent any money at all. Uh, and then you know that rolled into the fact that he wants to buy this like NASCAR simulator. I think he said it was like five grand, which for him, like Steve said, that's a heat race. And he's yeah, I just can't pull the trigger on it. And it, that's that's uh, Zach, man. He's he's a tightwad. He he doesn't like to spend his money. But wait. Wait, he said he is either going to buy the NASCAR simulator or he's going <laughs> to buy his biathlon gun. Rifle. Practice rifle. Yeah. Which, honestly, I think that really is pretty clutch. Think about that. That would be, like, uh, really helping with starts and stuff, because if you can bring your heart rate up and then bring it down and then try and shoot something, came on, it's pretty cool. That's what he said. Yeah, that's why he wanted to do it, for focusing. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the race tech round of the night, TJ, was basically, people, calm down. The world's not ending. Um you agree with Steve? The world's not ending. Everybody, the people are acting a little silly with the t- toilet paper and. The well, I mean, store. obviously, with the toilet paper, yeah. I'm, I've talked <clears> to <throat> you about it. Talked to other people. I think that this pandemic actually needs to be controlled. We need to do something about it. But I don't understand the toilet paper thing. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Unless, uh, unless the pandemic is just scaring the crap out of everybody. <laughs> I, I will say this: uh, medical doctors have come out as recently as just the past few days saying that there is intense diarrhea now associated with COVID, so it might have some backing. Uh. <laughs> well, as Steve, it's I a think shitty story. It's a yeah, shitty story. Right. <laughs> I don't remember what show it was where Steve, I think, made this comment, but it's something I said a couple weeks ago too. Is like me and our buddies were all making fun of these people in the first week that went out and bought all the toilet paper, but then when I needed toilet paper, I was the dumbass that didn't have any. 
Oh, I did that myself. I so, told my wife was like, "Hey, should I go buy toilet paper?" This is a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, "Like those people are stupid. Right. Don't go do it yet." Now, when you need it, you can't yeah. get it. So yeah. Um, okay, so Ash Money since tacos after the break to feed the guys to make up for the the lack or he's, she's sick of hearing Steve complain about the no sides at the wedding. That was good. Not enough cheese. Not enough cheese on his taco. Yeah, yeah. No cheese. He's right, though, dude. You can't have a taco without the you, fixings. You got to at least have that crumbly white Mexican cheese or something. Man, yeah, something. I don't know. He's he's not wrong. A um, couple of things. During the Zach Osborne interview, uh, they were talking about the simulator, and he said, if I understood this right, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, the guy that got the 24 ride, which was the old Jeff Gordon ride for Hendrix, was like the best simulator driver in the country or something, and somehow he got a NASCAR job? Is that I don't right? think he got a NASCAR job. He's driving the NASCAR for the simulator series while they're not racing. Maybe, that, maybe that's I, what happened. The way I took it was <laughs> he was like the best simulator guy, and they put him in the 24 in real life. There there may be a point in time where they take one of those drivers when it all gets back to normal okay. and put him in a car, possibly, but as of right now, he's just got he got the... I'm putting air quotes up for people who can't like see Like he's me. the factory simulator driver? He's the factory simulator driver. Is that how yes. you took it, Brian? Uh, you know, I kind of understood it the same way as you, Darkside. I thought that he was actually racing the car, but uh, I'm gonna I used text to follow NASCAR quite out. close. I don't as much anymore, so okay. I'm not exactly Yeah, I mean, sure I'm going to text Zach and find out the answer to that. Uh, okay, the Art of Sports, new, new sponsor to Pulpamex. They had the seven deuce deuce versus seven deuce trace uh, questions that Ash Money produced. That was pretty entertaining. Had a couple laughs in it. Brian, um, did you learn anything? Take anything away from that? Was that a good segment? Yeah, you know, not a bad segment. It seems like Steve likes to do these little quiz things. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely fun, and you get to learn a little bit more about the people that he's asking questions to and stuff. So I enjoy it. I enjoy whenever they do that. You know, uh, I was surprised, though, Darkseid. Did you get on there and try and text anybody any answers? Hell no, I didn't. Hell no, I didn't. (laughs) You learned your lesson. Yeah, yeah. I I learned my lesson. I got away. Yeah, my punishment kind of went under the radar with the corona um saved by the covid yeah yeah you know tits and i texted about it so i'm gonna keep that between us but it's i think i'm forgiven at least by him um and tj uh seven deuce also broke down some of the songs which you're not a music guy i'm not a rap guy but i thought it was kind of interesting to hear his thought process of like okay this is why this song came up whether it be a song for jesse nelson or you know the the song that he gave to weston pike after he got hurt. Like I his, didn't. I didn't really understand a lot of that. How you give a song away, but I did like the, the fact the proceeds that he gets from the downloads. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Okay. I get that. And also, I like to say that it was the how. I knew that the subway rap was kind of a a thing while they were driving. I never realized it was a freestyle right off the bat kind of thing with that, Ted Parks Jr. Yeah, yeah, we Although Ted Parks Teddy Parks Sr. would have been a lot funnier. <laughs> but we, we we know Ted we we know Teddy. Yeah. And um, it's just funny like I didn't realize it was like uh, off the cuff kind of thing like that. It yeah, was was, cool. I thought it was a good segment, man, mm-hmm. cuz I I you know, I always I love like the behind the music type things and the documentaries on bands and stuff. And again, although I'm not a huge hip hop guy, I definitely like the thought process, yeah. of, you know, and, and hearing that. So I think that was really good. And then Jim Holly calling in, Brian, um, just, you know, off off the cuff, calling in and saying he likes the show and giving a, you know giving his update of how he's doing. Holly's, like McGrath, one of the best people in the sport. Jim's, Jim's a gem, I must say. He's so <laughs> cool. I, honestly, he's my – oh, 
I like everybody on Race Day Live, but to hear Jim Hawley talk about stuff is always really cool, and so I always really appreciate that. I'm impressed that he was able to – oh, no, wait, he listened in – on the show when he called in. I'd be impressed if he found it online. and just right. that stuff. He is, He's kind of like everybody's grandpa a yeah, little yeah. bit. I mean, he's grandpa not that Jim. old grandpa yeah. that ripped a motorcycle. So, I mean, hey. Definitely, definitely. Jim was my grandpa. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you guys both this question before we wrap up. Best call of the night, TJ. Like the best, like interview oh, or yes. caller? No, call, the interview. Do oh, okay. Um, uh, Osborne. Really? Okay. See, so, yeah, yeah. everybody else said McGrath, so that's no. I like that. Okay, different yeah. different pick. What about you, Brian? I mean, I got to go with McGrath. I mean, after that interview, I was ready to, uh, you know, bleach my tips and grow a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, so, Brian, I've never had you on here before. <clears throat> I want to get just a few more, like, inside-type questions. Um, obviously, I, Pulp has been growing and expanding. They got the new video stuff. Um what would you? Is there anything that you would like to see different? Anything you'd like to see him get rid of? What's your favorite part about Pulp? Give me a little of your thoughts on Pulp as a whole. Um, you know, my favorite part is I love how you know in depth it goes. The long I really like the fact that you can call in. I mean, I've been calling in as long as I got to ask Ken Roxon the difference between his Suzuki frame and his. Uh, KTM frame, like way back when. Mm. So I call in under my last name, Ratcliffe. Yeah, and yeah. I really enjoy the fact that you can call in. It's really cool that, you know, obviously Steve is going to the races. He's worked in the industry, and so he gets all the best interviews, unless he pisses them off. But <laughs> I really appreciate that, too. And uh, honestly, I really have enjoyed the turn that the show has taken with Steve riding bikes. He's happier now. And it's it, at some point, he was really grouchy and it was a little bit of a bummer and i'm really appreciating the turn and the change that the show has taken and i really enjoy it i, I didn't ever put two or two together about the fact that him riding i know it's been he's his it's been better but i never thought about yeah he has been riding and, and thinning down and i bet all that does add to why the show seems to be a little more positive at times mm, he's still pretty negative <laughs> only to your dark side. Only yeah, yeah. What's that about? Yeah, you know, just, that goes back to the I, like me crashing and every, it's it's such a big deal. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like next time his mom is on, you ask him if he would tease other friends that he had, and she just he just thinks you're cool. She's awesome too. I love I love his mom. Uh, anyway, but yeah, Steve's Steve's kind of a butthole to me sometimes on air, but he's he's pretty cool off air most of the time. Um, although I, I, I he think was he not. You should just roll with it because I think it's his shtick. Yeah, he was he, he was somebody. not happy about me texting Pookie the the answers for <laughs> obvious reasons. Um, I get it. I, I screwed up, but anyway. Uh, all right, we're gonna wrap this thing up again. Stay tuned for Hello Pookie. Uh, it's it's really a good segment about like I said, Stephen her, her first time hooking up. And if while you're listening, I don't get to some questions you were hoping I asked. There's a follow-up at the end where I did call back, and we kind of rehashed a little bit of it. She gave some more details. She remembered a few more things. So stick, stick, stay tuned for Hello Pookie. Uh, go support all the sponsors, obviously, PulpMXShow.com. All the sponsor links are there, the discount codes. A lot of stuff going on there. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Motorsport.com, all part of the PulpMX Wrap-Up Show. Brian, TJ, man, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you guys. That's a wrap. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. All right, man. See ya. Hello.
Hello, Pookie. What's up? It's Chad Reed. Okay, fellow jerkies, find a nice, quiet place and get comfortable. It's time for Hello, Pookie. She loves new kids on the block, Howard Stern and Adam C. and Cirillo. She's Pookie Mathis. Hello, hello. Hey, Pulp Nation, with this particular Hello, Pookie, I recorded it few weeks ago a month ago and afterwards i realized i needed to get back into and ask a couple more questions felt like i dropped the ball so continue to listen uh it's gonna pick back up at the end with some more details that pookie was gracious enough to answer so yeah hang tight hope you guys like it what was the first time you and steve hooked up was it in a box van Was it in a box van no it was in a hotel room oh i like the fact that there is even a moment where you had to think about it yeah, because I have a box band story for you after this. But okay. no, it was in a hotel room. It was in Minneapolis at Minneapolis Supercross. So the first time we actually, he saw me, I was at a Supercross that he was at, but we didn't speak, but we had talked online before. Yeah. was Indiana, Indianapolis Supercross. This must have been 1997, mm-hmm. 1997, but could have been 98. And uh, he was working for Ty Birdwell, and Birdwell broke his toe that night in one of the qualifying races, so he ended up going to the hospital. I don't know. Somehow Steve ended up seeing me in the pits, but he didn't say hi to me or something. Uh, I had I was there with a, a girlfriend of mine. We we flew from uh, North Dakota. Yeah. And then uh, must have been a couple weeks later that it was Minneapolis, and we ended up going there. And then I actually met up with him, and um, he was with a bunch I don't know people after the race or. God, oh my God, it's so crazy to lose these memories. But right. yeah, I've been just hanging out after the race. And um, yeah, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? I'll go there. Like, yeah. Uh, so w- w- was Pookie the, a track snack that night? <laughs> um, well, we had talked before and we okay. already had known each other for a yeah, little bit. So, been building. I mean, yeah, that was definitely the first night that we met. And I'm sure, I'm sure something happened. I don't really remember exactly <laughs> what, but yeah. I, I always knew that I liked Steve right away. Yeah, he was you- always... Yeah, to me, he was always just like, mm, I like this guy. Yeah. That's awesome. So well, what's the Boxman story? Uh, the Boxman story is, okay, so when I first moved to Arizona, I was uh, 20, I don't know, 21 years old. And um, I moved to Phoenix, and I came to uh, Laughlin to visit my mom. She was living there. It was about, I don't know, three hours away or something. And I got to talking to Steve, and there was no cell phones or anything this, at this time. So I don't know if we talked on an email or maybe he just paged me and I called him or something. But I found out that he was in Lake Havasu for this freestyle motocross thing. Okay. And I was like, Lake Havasu? I think that's close by where I am right now. And it was like 45 minutes away. And I don't know when the last time I had seen Steve. I mean, we were just barely, you know, just like friends talking at this point. We weren't, we didn't have like a long distance boyfriend girlfriend thing or anything, but right. you know, we always kept in touch. So I was super excited. I'm like, oh hell yeah! I got in my little convertible. I drove out to that little motocross track. I didn't know where I was going. I probably printed out a map quest, right. you know, like back in the day, and just hoped yeah. I could follow it. You know, I'm like yeah. the ACL ever, so I can get lost and doing anything. But I can't believe I made half these trips that I made around the country. But so I drove to Lake Havasu, and um, I found the track. And I remember I drove up and I got out and I'm walking around and I could tell the mood was really tense. I'm like, what's going on? This is weird. Like, people were people were just, like, acting acting weird. I'm like, okay, what happened? And Steve found me, and he's like, oh, Travis Pastrana just crashed. And that was when he severed his spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And it had just happened, like, maybe 15 minutes before I got there. 
So wow. I was like, oh my God, that's just so like crazy sad. I didn't know Travis or anything. I just knew that he was a superstar or whatever. So yeah. it wasn't like we were close to it or anything. So anyway, the rest of the day went went on. And I remember that we hooked up in a box band that day. I don't know whose it was or anything, but that was, it was <laughs> so later. So great. You know? <laughs> I don't even know whose it was. I, hey, that, hey, that shows some confidence right there. I mean, I didn't care. I never got to see the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, man, I I, I want to ask so many more questions now. <laughs> okay, so let's let's keep going with this if you're comfortable, and we if not, we'll we'll, we'll stop and cut it out. Um, what's the mo- besides a box van? What's the uh, you know the craziest place you guys ever hooked up? Oh, um. I'm trying to think if we were like ever out of options really on the road because in those early days, you know, you don't always get a hotel room or anything. But right. no, I, that was probably it. I that, mean, I'm not into like doing anything in public or anything. I so was going to ask about that. Yeah, looking for oh, <laughs> and I'm not really ever a girl to be like outdoors in nature or anything. Right, so right. I don't know if I would find myself out there and you know in that situation. Yeah, so. I, I, but, yeah, a box fan all day long. Okay, yeah, not necessarily outdoors, but. We, we just hell Saturday night in Arlington. We had the windows open at the Hilton and afterwards, and things got a little. Amber and I got a little kinky. Well, I don't know about kinky. It was just uh, she was definitely up against the glass. So, <laughs> oh, on the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just oh, was like, okay. you know what? Well, let's let's try this. Let's see how this goes. So oh. nice parking lot out there. Who knows? We got to see. You the, never know what kind of show people were getting out there. <laughs> yeah, you never or know. how many people were getting the show. Right, yeah, might have had cameras out. Who knows? So, anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, that was a great story, Pookie. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, Pookie. So, this is a, a, a amendment to a previous question that hasn't posted yet uh, about the first time you and Steve hooked up. You talked about meeting up in Minneapolis, and you also gave another story about a box fan story, and I felt like I left so many things on the table and that Kiefer would be highly disappointed. So in Minneapolis, you said, you, you quoted saying something may have happened. I don't really remember. Um, but come on, we got to think back to this time in Minneapolis. You guys, was this was this the first uh, romantic interaction between you and Steve? Yeah, because that was the first time we, I think, even met each other in person. Yeah. At this point, we had only talked, I don't even remember talking to him online that much. My girlfriend talked to him online a lot the first night that we, you know, even knew that he existed. But, right. um, no, I, I, you know, I'm having such a hard time, and I get sad to lose these memories. But just with the, I posted a throwback picture from my, when I went to Indianapolis Supercross in 1998. That was the first time Steve ever saw me there, but he didn't talk to me there. He just saw me walking through the pits and knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking that, that later that year, I went to Minneapolis Supercross and I hooked up with Steve, but I was looking through all my photos and I have started this family photo project years ago. So I have all of my photos cataloged by year and they're pretty, I think they're pretty close. So I have pictures of me from that Minneapolis Supercross, but I went with my ex-boyfriend and his friend. Oh, so now I'm thinking, did I leave the super? Did I leave after Supercross for my ex-boyfriend? Cause I mean, we were still kind of, you know, not together together, but we were well, obviously went to Minneapolis together. Yeah. And I'm thinking, did I leave after and go hook up with Steve? Because I don't even know. Wow, I mean, so you uh, really don't you know. remember. I don't. I, I remember Man. I remember meeting him at the hotel room in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I guess, making out there. I don't remember really anything else more specific. Um, okay, so I, I, but we definitely hooked up right after that. Somehow, 
I don't know if it was a break between series or he had his rider got hurt or something. Anyway, he ended up back in Winnipeg shortly after that. And I went to Winnipeg um, and uh, I don't think my girlfriend went, went with me. I think I went by myself. But um, we went out with a bunch of his friends and we definitely, yeah, we hooked up there. I remember hooking up at his mom's house. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Okay. So, yeah. like, my question, I guess, what I was thinking was with the Minneapolis thing, which you don't remember completely, but, like, you know, did you go over there with the intentions of knowing this was going to go down? Was, was there, you know, some, you know, did we have a little, were we dressed appropriately for this to go down? You know, I want to know, like, what was there pre-planning? Was, uh, you know, was Steve romantic? What, what was that all like? You know, did you guys cuddle I mean, the next we were, morning? Or did you we leave? Were kids. No, we were kids. I probably didn't even stay over. We, I mean, I, oh, you know what I remember? I remember taking a cab. We took a cab somewhere. Me, I was with Steve, and I was with my girlfriend. It must have been that Minneapolis Supercross. I must have just took off. I don't wow. even know how that happened. But I remember taking a cab because we were going taking a cab to a hotel, and we got almost to the hotel parking lot, and the cab got pulled over by a cop. And we were like, well, our ride is just like, we're ready to get out. Like, can we just get out? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just got out. We're like, okay, our, our cab is about to go to jail, but we're, you know, trying to go to this hotel. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So okay. that happened. So, I, just, I wish you had more details. I want to know, like, what, what was Pookie wearing that night? You know, was it like you were no, ready? I wouldn't have been, like, like, dressed sexy underneath or anything. I mean, I was 19 years old. I didn't know any better. I yeah. probably just had my clothes on from Supercross so, or something. No, no raincoat with, you know, nothing underneath. Like, hello, Steve. <laughs> No, not that kind of fantasy. It, like this, these days, I would definitely do that, but I would be, you know, more prepared. But back then, I, right. I was. Yeah, and then and was was Steve or is Steve? I may have already asked you this, but was Steve like a romantic guy? Does he, you know, flowers and think of, mm-hmm. you know stuff like that? Um, I mean, I feel bad to say no, but honestly, no, he's he's not. He's not like that, but. I mean, it doesn't, I don't care. I have fresh flowers at my house all the time. Right, like, okay. I, I have roses in my kitchen all the time. I buy them for myself if I feel like it. Like, I don't need him to do that to know that sure. you know he loves. I, w- I mean, it would be cool to have like a romantic you know husband or boyfriend. I'm sure it's awesome. But I mean, I'm romantic and uh, you know I'm fine. I'm not lacking anything there. But no, he's not a romantic guy, and I'm sure that doesn't shock anybody. Like, no. I'm sure people would be shocked if I was like, oh yeah, he's super romantic and uh, you know like lovey dovey, but. No. Fair enough. I, I was I was hoping to get some more details on the first hookup, but that you know, I mean, I remember mine explicitly, so I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed, Pookie, but that's okay. Sorry, I was in college back then. Come on, I, I can't have a lot going on. Let's go. Let's, let's be real. No worries. I have to get Steve on see what he remembers. Maybe we maybe he'll he'll give me some details. Oh God, I can imagine what he might remember. That would yeah. be funny though. Yeah, I should try that. All right, well we're gonna uh, we're gonna call this one uh, good then. Let's uh, I'll add this on. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the pulp show?